La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum. Bonjour and welcome to the French Rugby Connection podcast. So this is a brand new rugby podcast about everything you wanted to know about French rugby, but never dare to ask. So first, let me introduce myself. I am Véronique Landieu, and today I am with Mike Pierce, my co-host. Um, so as you can hear from my accent, I was born and bred in France, in Brittany. And Mike Pierce, my co-host, is Welsh, but he's very much a francophile as he has just finished writing a book about the hard men of French rugby, which would be available very soon. So Mike and I are very both passionate about French rugby, le top 14, top 14, les bleus, And our goal for this podcast is to provide you the latest information about the top 14, the European Championship, Six Nations, the crunch, of course, <laughs> and also the good, the bad, and the ugly about French rugby. Uh, on top of that, we'll have a few interviews planned with various people from the world of the Gallic rugby, ranging from former and current players to club staff and supporters. So uh, the structure during this podcast, we will be focusing on five different topics in relation to French rugby. Oh, and um, before I forget, you will learn a few words about rugby in French too, just for fun, such as how to say a try or a hooker in French. <laughs> and finally, this podcast will last between 30 and 40 minutes, so short and sweet, just like me. Um, but first, let me introduce briefly my co-host, Mike Pierce, before we crack on on our podcast. So, Mike, tell me more about you and why, as a Welshman, you are interested in French rugby. Well, I'm a freelance journalist, as, as you will know, but the listeners won't know, but they, they do now. And coming from West Wales, you know, rugby mad area. Really, when I was a kid, I was only interested in, in the red-shirted heroes of Wales. But one day, I, and I can't remember when it was, um, I discovered this other rugby world, a world that encompassed all the beauty and brutality I already knew, but also mm -hmm. one that, that accompanied, uh, was accompanied by a touch of elegance and elan, plus a touch of brutality. And, of course, this game was played in the sunshine, which was... Oh. A, a very rare and mystical commodity where I came from. Mm -hmm. And of course, its backs played with their collars up. They charmed us with the angles of running that defied Pythagoras. And they did things with the ball that we had, we'd never seen before. Indeed, indeed. And of course, the forwards, well, they were absolutely terrifying. You know, they, as Bill McLaren once said, they've got faces like bags full of chisels. But they really, <laughs> they really looked like they'd been hewn from the rocks of the Pyrenees. And... Oh. You know, they just captured everybody's imagination, I think. Yeah, the French flair, absolutely. And it's still there, kind of, kind of, now and then. <laughs> yes, well, you know, the, the, the French are coming back with with a vengeance now. And, and who knows when the when the international scene resumes again in October, which we'll be discussing later, you know, we could see some great things. But absolutely. I must, I must tell you a story. And, mm -hmm. uh, It was the launch of the 2023 Rugby World Cup mm -hmm. and it was in a London hotel. And as you know, France were awarded the World Cup and I actually ended up playing the piano for Sebastian Chabal, Bernard Laporte, 
and Serge Simon uh, singing La Marseillaise. Wow. So that's my claim to fame. I was on the second page of L'Equipe. So, you know, great days. Hey, that was the what? highlight of my career. <laughs> Excellent. You, you two seconds, five seconds of fame with Bernard Laporte yeah. and Simon and Chaval. And the, uh, now, you know what? I really want to know the truth about Bernard Laporte. Oh, the question I'm going to ask you is, <laughs> is he a good singer? Yeah, actually, they were all pretty good. I mean, as you can imagine, Seb was way down in the, in the bass range. Bernard Laporte <laughs> Bernard a little bit higher. And probably Serge Simon in the tenor range. So there's quite a good uh, mixture of voices there, I think. <laughs> oh, what a story. What a memory. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm glad I wasn't there because I was due actually to be there. I couldn't make it because, you know, really you don't want to hear me singing. But uh, <laughs> you don't want to. It's like a, a cat that you kill. <laughs> it's not, not very pretty. And yeah, I am no Edith Piaf, that's for sure. <laughs> Or Vanessa Faraji. But anyway, let's get cracking on what uh, this podcast is all about and what has been happening to French rugby since uh, it came to a halt in March. Um, and uh, as you know, Mike, you know, the LNR, which is the official French rugby league, has completely written off, you know, the 1920 season, unlike the English Premier League, and is now starting afresh. This weekend, on Saturday, not on Friday, we'll go through that a bit later, with the new rugby season. So, but let's start with some um, interesting facts, Mike. So I understand you did a little bit of, uh, of research about this, um, about key, key facts about that, um, the, 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 French, uh, the French rugby season. Yeah, as you say, the, the season was, was cut short and, and, and cancelled leaving Bordeaux at the top and, and start from, say, at the bottom. In, in fact, the last top 14 match that was played was on the 1st of March this year uh, when Toulon beat Stade Francais uh, 1918. Wow. Um... And I know you've got some facts. You, you mentioned something about it's the second time in rugby history. Yes, that's right. That the championship, you know, was interrupted the first time was during the war between, obviously, between 1994 and 90, 1940 and 1945. There was a kind of uh, league, but it wasn't really the official yeah. one, you know. So we're not going to go through that. So it's, it's very much, you know, a, uh, an event, you know, which never happened in any sport anyway. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a long break, hasn't it? Particularly the top fourteen, which is traditionally a very long season anyway so i think everybody's you know looking for a morale boost after all the difficulties with covid you know getting mm -hmm. some getting some rugby back on the scene and you know mm -hmm. great encounters this mm -hmm. weekend unfortunately the big one uh, mm -hmm. starred francais who were bottom against bordeaux who were top yes um, you just informed me i didn't know about this it's been it's been called off yeah Yes, and they're hoping that they will play uh, during the weekend of the 25th of 26th um, of September, but no guarantee. As you know, you know, about 27 players were tested positive two and a half weeks ago yeah. with COVID. And unfortunately, some of them have been suffering from a long, long, long injuries. You know, they have been suffering from pul pulmonary uh problems right yeah, now so yeah. they're still not up 
up for it and yeah it's been uh, decided it was um, a message from the from lombard earlier on twitter you know uh, mentioning this and as you know bordeaux actually <laughs> there was one player which covid which was uh, uh, um, tested positive as well yeah. Uh, last week, so maybe it's a blessing in disguise as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, the matches that are going on, um, La Rochelle are at home to Toulon. Mm-hmm. Um, Toulon were fourth last season, La Rochelle fifth, so that looks mm-hmm. like might be a close encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ajon at home to Castra. Yes. Lyon, will they entertain uh, Racing 92? Then Lyon was second, Racing third, so another another close encounter there. Lyon should be a very, very interesting game because I've heard that uh, Mathieu Bastaro spent a year in New York but didn't really feel like it, uh, staying a bit longer and he's now he came back back to memory lane. Yeah, 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 poor old Mathieu. He went out there. I think he went a bit heavy on the burgers because he ended up <laughs> he ended up switching from centre to number eight. And there was also some uh, some rumours of, of falling out with the coaching staff. So, um once again, as in the uh, top fourteen, the the American season was was cut short due to COVID. So um, yeah, dear old Matthias, come back, come back to Leon, and, and also Leon, um, they've lost a few players this season. Sam Hidalgo Klein, the Scottish scrum half, has gone to Exeter. Liam mm-hmm. Gill has gone to Japan. Right. And Carl Ferns has gone to Rouen. So mm-hmm. um, a few changes there, but they've got a very very uh, mm-hmm. up-and-come young French prop, uh, Denver Bamba, mm-hmm. who, who's made a few appearances for the, for the national team. He's still, yes. I think he's only 20, 21, but, mm-hmm. you know, definitely a star for the future. And, of course, on the wing, they've got um, Joshua Tuisova, who's mm-hmm. ex-Toulon, the Fijian winger, who's, they say, tackling him is like tackling a, a freezer. He's so massive. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting game, game at Lyon. Also, um, Montpellier, yes. Montpellier mm-hmm. entertain Poe. Uh, yes. Oh, Stad, is... Stad, uh, what do they call it? They don't call it Poe, they call it Stad. Oh, Stad Poe, is it? Yes, oh, that's yeah, right. Excuse my yes. French. That's, that's okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave the pronunciation Your to French you. Your French is excused, that's right. But, Stade Palois, but Pau, yes, very much, you know, located in the Pyrenees, in Le Béarn. Yeah, and in fact, the Tour de France is visiting uh, Pau on the day they face Montpellier. So, um, yeah. Nice. Be, uh, plenty going on uh, for for the sports fans in that region. Lucky, lucky them. Now, in the big match, you know, you look mm-hmm. at teams, traditional mm-hmm. French teams, the big game at the weekend mm-hmm. is Clermont against Toulouse. And yes. like, that gets gets your taste buds going, doesn't it? Uh, massive occasion at the uh, Stade Marcel Michelin. But, of course, without the capacity crowd, that makes such a difference to yes. the, uh, was it, Jeune and Bleu? Yeah, Les Bleus et Jaune. Yeah, Bleu absolutely. Jeune, yeah. Yes. And Absolutely. And actually, you know, to be honest with you, the French rugby league is quite lucky to a certain extent because uh, they can welcome up to 5,000 um, spec- uh, supporters. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, as you as you know, you know, it's uh, there are no attendees. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a, at least that's a, a bit of a crowd, yes. there, isn't it? And, and I've uh, heard that for all the match between Brive versus Bayonne oh, yeah, that's on the, the 6th of September, one, yeah. 
they've been allowed to welcome 9,000 supporters oh, at okay. Breve. So uh, it should be a very, very good um, atmosphere. Absolutely. You know, so uh, if it doesn't get cancelled. <laughs> So that's yeah. So that's the that's the rundown for the weekend. A very uh, you know very mm -hmm. uh, some very interesting matches going on there. Yes, and in terms of transfer, uh, who's who has left? What who are the majors player player who have left and the one who have arrived? And is there going to be an impact in some teams? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Claremont are very much in a in a rebuilding phase yes. now. They've lost mm -hmm. um, scrum half Greg Laidlaw. He's gone to Japan. Mm -hmm. um, Nick Abendanen has gone to Van. Yes, I thought it was a van. You know what a van is in French? <laughs> no, it's a no. bit of French word. A van is a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when somebody mentioned to me, oh, you know that Abedanan is uh, is going to Van, it's on their Facebook page. I said, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> As if, and no, he's actually in in, in Van and uh, then Prodi too. It's uh, Van yeah. is a small town in Brittany, but uh, rugby is growing tremendously in, in Brittany. I believe yeah. that uh, Johnny Dickinson did a program a few years ago on French TV about the expansion of uh, rugby. Okay. All in other areas than the southwest uh, and the south of France. So it's very, very positive. So yeah, I'm sure he'll have a great time. Yeah, that's food. a big, big signing for them. Remy Grosso has gone to Lyon and the great prop David uh, Zurikashvili, the Georgian, he's retired. But they have brought in Sebastian Bezzi, the, the Toulon scrum half. So mm -hmm. um, he should make a difference. And it'd be an interesting battle for the number nine shirt between Bezzi and Morgan Parra. Mm -hmm. But of course, Claremont has still got uh, Cami Lopez at fly half and mm -hmm. uh, Damian Penno on the wing. They've got uh, Rabas Slimani at prop and Sebastian Vahamina. Mm -hmm. So whilst in a, in a process of rebuilding, they've still got uh, the backbone of, uh, of quite a decent team there, I think. So I think they'll be certainly in the mix mm -hmm. um, come the end of the season. If we move on to Toulon, they, they haven't actually um, brought in an awful lot. They brought in Thomas Jones from La Rochelle. Right. But um, Liam Neeson has gone. Mamuka Gagodze has gone. Milner Scudder's gone back to New Zealand, as has Julian Surveyor. Mm -hmm. And fullback Hugo Bonneville has gone. So once again, they're in a in a bit of a transitional phase. But of course, they have got in now Sergio Parise. You know, the, I don't, he must be about seventy six now. I should think. <laughs> That's very but cool. One of the best. And you know, he never had a chance to retire officially because he was due to retire during the World Cup uh, last year in Japan. Yeah. But the, the game uh, against New Zealand, against All Black, had to be cancelled because of the um, hurricane. Exactly. And then for the Six yeah. Nations, the same thing happened. You know, the uh, I think it was his last game in the uh, an Italian team was against England in March, and obviously he had he, he got cancelled as well. So poor. Poor Sergio, I really feel for him, but well, uh, hopefully, well, actually, there is here. there is talk that they're going to uh, Italy are going to play him in the rearranged Six Nations game against Italy at the end of October. So we might we might see his farewell after all. Third time lucky, third yeah. time lucky. <laughs> Let's keep our finger crossed. But you know, yeah. Toulon have got um, an interesting uh, half back. They've got Baptiste Seren, who we all know, the uh, the French scrum half, and uh, yes, very young, talented fly half in Anthony Bello. Yes, they've, they've also got Eben Estebeth, the South African World Cup winning lock, and mm -hmm. Facundo Issa, the 
you know, the magnificent Argentinian back row player. So mm-hmm. once again, Toulon won't be a pushover, particularly at, at the Stade Mayol, where they're very difficult to beat. And of course, if they lose, then uh, Murad Boujelal will will make them walk home if they if they lose away, as he has been known to do in the past. So they've got plenty of incentives to do well. You sure. bet. You bet. Absolutely. Any other games you think that uh, that might bring a surprise? I think. I mean, I'm thinking about you know La Rochelle versus Toulon. I mean, we just talked about that on the fifth. Yeah. But uh, looking at the friendly game, La Rochelle uh, experienced a massive shock because they lost. I think it was nil versus uh, nil to forty-eight. Yeah. Yeah, La Rochelle, you know, with the with the up and coming team, weren't they a couple of years ago? I remember mm-hmm. uh, seeing them in the in the top fourteen semi final where they narrowly lost to Toulon, but they they seem to have lost their way a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, another team that, that that I can never understand why they don't do better is is Stade Francais. They've got some some great players there, and yet you know they're languishing at the bottom bottom of mm-hmm. the table. When you look, they've got Nico Sanchez. The Argentinian fly half, the centre partnership of Gael Ficou and Jonathan Dani should be doing a lot better. So I'm not quite sure whether there's something behind the scenes there that that, is, that isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. But I, I wish them well anyway because it's a, it's a, it's terribly sad, you know, for a team to uh, to have 27 players yeah. you know, being. Yeah. Uh, um, being tested, you know, positive. Yeah. And we actually we had the COVID as well, who have suffered some sure. some, health, some damage to their health. So I'm looking forward to seeing them play hopefully end of September. Yes. So, Mike, really, really exciting uh, weekend. I can't wait until the top 14 start because there's so much passion, especially when you watch a team like uh, Toulon and Toulouse and, and Clermont, you know. Um, I have been very, very lucky to experience the atmosphere when I was in Stade Maliol at uh, Ernest Wallon as well. And it's, uh, it's, it's very much, you know, um, something you have to do once in your life. But oh, my next, I need to go to Stade Marcel Michelin one day in uh, Clermont. Yes. That's my next things to do. Yeah, that, but, that uh, certainly sounds one of the, it's such a difficult place to get to, particularly from the UK, isn't it? Because uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, when we have our private chat one day, you know, we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can go there. Okay, so, but just to finish off the, the, a mm-hmm. couple of bits more on the transfers. Um, yes. Montpellier, they've brought in Vincent Rattes, you know, scored mm-hmm. one of the tries that beat England in the Six Nations. He's come in from La Rochelle. Mm-hmm. And of course, Alex Lazowski is coming on a year loan from Saracens. Yes. And they've got Comus, uh, Cobus Reinach, the... Uh, Northampton Saints and South African scrum half, so they're very much going to strengthen strengthen that team. And mm-hmm. as we discussed earlier, eight South Africans there. They're known as the Languidoc. Languidoc is that how you pronounce it? Languidoc. Box. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah Languidoc box. But you know, when you look at the some of the forwards they've got, they've got Guillaume Girardo, who who we both know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis, yes. Louis Picamoles. They've got Camera oh. Duplessis. Chili Chava, you know Montpellier are going to be a, going to be a tough team to beat. They are indeed, and there's so much, and there is so much investment from their owner as well. Yeah, and I think the only other real big big signing to mention is Kurtley Beal. You know mm-hmm. the the Wallaby has uh, joined Racing ninety two, 
another mm-hmm. big name there. So, um, yeah, a few movers and shakers. And, uh, you know, we just can't wait to get it all going, can we? Definitely. So interesting to know that there are so many South Africans uh, playing for Montpellier. So Montpellier is the uh, the French cell then. <laughs> I know. And when you think there used to be the Duplessis brothers there, I mean, it's always sort of seemed to have had a, had a call to... Uh, you know, no, to the South Africans. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but um, yeah, there you go. I think the weather might help. Yeah. I saw a picture of Alex Soloski on an Instagram earlier. <laughs> I mean, posted yesterday uh, with him posing, you know, in front of a swing pool <laughs> in Aix-en-Provence, drinking a cocktail. I said, mm, okay. Yeah, you don't get that in North London, do you? <laughs> not quite, not quite. I'm sure his, his father was actually... Um, what is his name? His name is Rob. Rob Lobrovsky used to play for England as well. We'll be there very, very shortly. Yes, he likes, yeah, uh, absolutely. He, he likes France. Okay, brilliant. Very exciting weekend. Can't wait until it starts. Oh, now I have to wait on, uh, well, Friday, Friday evening. We still have a match anyway. Um, so I want to ask you about um, the international. What's happening with the to the Six Nations and the European Championship. Yeah, the Six Nations resumes at the end of October. Of course, you know everything is is subject to to the COVID pandemic. But as mm-hmm. things stand, um, France will be playing Ireland in Paris on the thirty first of October. That will mm-hmm. be a eight o'clock kickoff. So. Plenty of time for a for a nice leisurely meal before the match, mm. and and at the moment France are trying to arrange a warm up match against Wales uh, the week before, because obviously, nice. uh, and in fact, they came into camp today. I could see the players turning up, uh, looking looking refreshed and fit. So um, yeah, they they must be raring to go. But the, the normal. You know, as all rugby fans will know, in November we usually get the autumn internationals. Yes, but, but that's all been scuppered this year because of the pandemic. So instead, there is an international tournament taking place, mm-hmm. and um, there are eight teams mm-hmm. in two pools. Pool one, right? Pool one is England, Wales, Ireland, and Fiji. Uh huh. And pool two is France, Scotland, Italy, and Georgia. Right. Now, these dates, etc., and kickoffs are still um, to be arranged, and there is some question mark whether Georgia will come. Georgia originally placed Japan, but now mm-hmm. there's an element of doubt about Georgia, and there's talk of maybe South Africa coming in. So it's mm-hmm. all to be sorted out. But dates have been set aside uh, for this tournament, and the pool winners, I believe, are still to be sorted. Will play in a in a final. Uh, match at Twickenham uh, at the end of November or the beginning of December. So mm-hmm. uh, that should be a, a fascinating tournament. But you know, getting yes. international rugby back back on the on the scene, uh, what the fans will be, you know, how many spectators etc will be allowed. I don't know. I mean, France is, it seems to be ahead of ahead of the UK because I know in Wales they've said that. Um, they're not going to allow any crowds at any matches until next year. So, really, yeah. So uh, Wales are talking about playing their games in London, either mm-hmm. Olympic Stadium or Twickenham. But All right. uh, you know, everything's to be sorted out. But certainly, the tournament has been uh, being organised. The dates have mm-hmm. been set. 
and yes. you know listeners to the podcast will keep them updated um yes. with the news as and when it when it changes mm-hmm. absolutely uh, do you have any other news regarding the international scene no, the only thing I have heard, and mm-hmm. this is a rumor, that Virimi Vakatawa, who plays for Racing, oh yes, um, is interested in a move to the English Premiership next summer. Oh. And I gather that there are a few clubs um, showing an interest: uh, Northampton Saints, Bath, and Gloucester. So um, I think he's been in touch with his pal at um, who's joined Bristol. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Oh yes, Radradra. Yeah, Radradra, and I think he's he's got <laughs> back to him and you know saying what a great time he's having. And um, yeah, I think Mr. Vakatawa could be heading across to these shores in the summer. Oh, that's something. Can you imagine if Bath has him? You know, that's a that's a nice. Uh, yeah, that would be a nice. Uh, that would be the icing on the cake on the on the team. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, Mike, so I heard you speaking a little bit of French earlier. Oh, we, oui, we. Oui. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to test you, actually, because oh, my goodness. French. Oh, yes. the French is on now. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's, it's good to for everybody, you know, sometimes to, to learn a little bit of basic rugby French. You don't have to be fluent, but uh, sometimes you see on the pitch, you know, when referees, you know, <laughs> start speaking louder because they think by speaking louder, they would make themselves better understood, but it's not the case. No, you're, not, you're not referring to any particular referee. Not at you? all, no, not at not all. Kidding. Not at all. You mean, are you talking about the world's best referee? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I gather. He, is that right? He blocked you from Twitter or something? Is that uh, right? Or is, that yeah. a, is that just a nasty rumour? No, because <laughs> I, I wrote a blog about the importance of speaking speaking languages, you, <sighs> you know. Can't, but... I can't have you upsetting my fellow countrymen. Yeah? <laughs> uh, he unblocked me, so that's fine. <laughs> oh, and, that's good, uh, but I understand, you know, John, uh, JP John, unfortunately, you know, no longer work at the RFU, but he was very much a, a linguist, but I still hope for him he could always teach French, you know, to his fellow referees. So yeah. my question is, okay. how, how do you say a hooker in French? And the reason why I'm saying that, I'm saying that is because once I witnessed, I watched a, film, um, a match between, I think, France and, was it Wales, maybe? And uh, Guillaume Garrido was still the captain there. And uh, a ref, I forgot his name, you know, Ask, you know, the French player, where's the hooker? <laughs> and they didn't know what it was. They came. Yeah. So, uh, so how do you, how do you say a hooker? So I'm going to be nice to you. Uh, I give you two options. Is it an ailier or un talonneur? Well, I know the answer to this. I'll tell you why. Because I've got every time I I cover a match at the Stade of France, it's always got the the positions in French and English in a program. So uh, I've looked at them so many times that I know this is la talonneur. That's correct. Le talonneur. Right, I, la, I see. I always, and I always get my le, my la's <laughs> I know. I know. This is, what, this is what I can never understand about French. Every, every, uh, everything's male or female, isn't it? You, uh, but uh, you, should, you should learn how, about how, how, how can a chair be a woman or a man? I don't get this. Uh, <laughs> I can see you never learn German because in German no. they've got three, they've got their, they've got a neutral gender as Look, well. Look, I can't speak English that well. So <laughs> <I'm not> 
<laughs> so great, excellent. So, um, so that was a little bit of French lesson for for today. I hope you've really enjoyed it. One thing before I go is that I I mentioned very briefly about a book that um, Mike Pierce, you know, has written about the 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 French rugby. Um, Mike, do you want to tell us exactly, uh, briefly, you know, what it is all about? Yes, and, uh... I'll I'll get in the shameless plug now. Um... Go on. <laughs> The book is called the, the Hard Men of French Rugby or, or French Rugby Hard Men, one of the two. It's gone to the public. The publishers are St. David's Press in Wales and they're hoping to bring it out, I believe, early next year. Mm -hmm. But basically what I've done is I've gone from one to 15 and picked a team of French rugby hard men. So you've got, you've got players like, you know, going back years, you've got Walter Spangero, we've got Serge Betson, Philippe Sella, um, some great old prop forwards that younger listeners wouldn't have heard of, but they may have uh, read about their tales. That's Gerard Scholley, who was an ex-paratrooper, an ex-potato farmer, and he was also a chauffeur for French um, top diplomatic officials. So he had a, a checkered career. Um, a wonderful Basque player called um, Pascal on darts. And Jean-Pierre Rive, who of course... Oh, Jean-Pierre Rive, of course. Of the, Everybody knows about Jean-Pierre. He's a, Yes, time, he's yeah. a rugby rugby god in France, Jean-Pierre Rive, yes, absolutely. And Marc Session, who, another very interesting character, who, um, you know, a very sad story, when he retired from the game, he um, became depressed, he, he sought solace in alcohol, and one day he turned up at a barbecue with a gun and, and killed his wife. Oh. You know, a tragic story from, uh, you know, from a, one of the one of the greats and one of the quietest men of French rugby. So um, mm -hmm. there's some very unusual tales in there. We've got Mathieu Bastereau. Oh, Mathieu. Aurelien Rougerie. Yes. Um, Johan Houget, you know, the mm -hmm. man who uh, can, can dive better than Tom Daly. Mm -hmm. And... and uh, who else? I'm trying to think Frank Manel um, and the brief scrum half who uh, Pontypridd fans will never forget, Philippe Carboneau, oh, who, who, yes. could, who could start a fight in a convent. So, <laughs> I like that. So, yeah, it was, a great, you know, it, was a, it was a great book. It was, a, it was great fun to write and, uh, and hopefully it'll be out, um, as I say, early in the new year. Excellent. I would be great. You know, you mentioned that you might be able to get, you know, some of the uh, former rugby player um, and existing rugby player if, um, on our podcast as well. Yeah, and, yeah, we'll uh, be getting some some guests on and uh, in the future, and uh, mm -hmm. so with some very interesting tales to tell, I'm sure. Yes, definitely, and we'll also have um, some players, you know, from from the top fourteen as well. So, brilliant, excellent. So. Um, Goodbye, and how do you say goodbye in Welsh? Yachida. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you very much for listening to uh, our podcast, French Rugby Connections. And uh, a we're planning... <laughs> yeah, a bientôt indeed. We're planning to run this podcast every two weeks to give you every Wednesday to give you some some um, fresh news about the top 14 and international as well. And uh, also, we'll be running a very great competition for you next time as well. 
Au revoir et bon rugby. Au revoir. Don't upset Nigel Owens, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, bye bye. Glou, 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 les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum, et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.